All right, thank you for joining me. This is season two of The Unbroken Ground, episode one. Uh, so yeah, going to start over with season two and uh, call this episode one. It's, I guess, 53 if you really want to be here. 54? Hmm. Uh, depending on whether you count the end of the year or not. Um, but yeah, welcome. Jo- thanks for joining me. Uh, this is Paul. Uh, once again, kicking off uh, another year, hopefully. Um, who knows? But let's call it a year of podcasting. So thank you for joining me. Um, we are changing things up a little bit, but not too much. We did, I did just uh, adjust, just change some of the music. So that's going to be different uh, this time around um, for season two. Um, so if you hear piano music, you know you're in season one, you hear uh, some more, um, I don't know, techno guitars, then you know you're in season two. So welcome. I hope you've had a great holiday. I hope you've had an awesome new year. And yeah, we're going to jump in. I'm actually going to talk a little bit more about um, how, why it's important to think about things. Um, And uh, uh, if you listen to the end of the year, which was shorter than normal, but I did give a quick little thought about how Paul talks to us in Philippians 4, 8 um, in how we're supposed to think about things and uh, what we're supposed to think about. And so I'm going to continue a little bit of that, at least for a little bit of here in the first month of January, and see where that takes us. So uh, thanks, thanks again for joining. Uh, we still have a Facebook page at uh, the unbroken, uh, facebook.com forward slash the unbroken ground. Um, also email, always there, the unbroken ground at gmail.com. If you have questions, comments, or suggestions for the show. Uh, so yeah, thanks for joining. Uh, let's jump in. So what does it mean? What does, why does it matter what we think about? And I think that um, is the question that I really want to uh, circle around and talk about tonight. Uh, sorry, in this podcast. Um, and just using that as kind of our starting point for season two. Uh, what, why is it important that we think about things and what we think about? Um, so yeah, that's where we're at. Again, if you haven't for a little bit of primer, you certainly can go back and listen to the end of the year, uh, end of 2024, uh, no, <laughs> end of 2023, uh, to hear, um, that, that my thoughts, my beginning thoughts of that again, Philippians four, eight, uh, where Paul talks about, he says, whatever is true, whatever is noble. And then, and then continues on from there. Um, and I think it's just one of those things that it's so powerful, the things that we think about, the things that we um, allow to enter into our brain space, the things that we allow, because um, the things we think about are the things that become the things that we feel, they, they become the things that we say, uh, they become the things that we do. And so it's very important that we are being um, diligent to understand why we have certain thoughts, how we think about certain things. Um, and, and one of those things is super important. I mean, just to start off the, the bat, uh, just to start off at the top, is what you think about God um, is, is, is the most important thing that you can think about in life. What you, what you think about God <clears throat> will, will directly relate to what you believe about God. And, and what you believe about God will shape how you interact with this whole entire world. 
Um, and so we're just going to talk, just going to think through that a little bit tonight. Um, so why is it, why is what you think about God or what you believe about God? Why does that shape your entire world? Well, let's, let's, let's break it down with a, uh, an example. If, if you believe, um, if you believe that God is a God who is for you and against other people, that God has a special favor or has a special relationship on you that he doesn't share for other with other people or for other people that he has. So God loves you but doesn't love others. Um, it determines then how you treat others. So, for example, if you believe that God loves you and wants all the good things to happen to you and also doesn't love the people who are your enemies or who are against you or just who aren't you, then you, you, you don't have to love those people because God doesn't love those people. And when we think about that, the way we think about that um, is so important because it determines then the way that we we live for, the way that we treat, the way that we legislate, the way that we expect the world to work, the way that we expect government to work. I mean, all of those things basically are birthed within what you think about God and what you think about other people. So it's, we can take like a real world example here. Um, and, and I don't have answers. Uh, I should say that up front. And, and I'm pretty apolitical about things because I don't actually think that the government in a lot of ways has good answers or accomplishes good things, uh, or, or at least that it is used as a scapegoat, uh, to, to, um, to accomplish a lot of the things. So, um, let's just, let me be honest, upfront, open about that is that I don't have a good answer, but I do think that it is an illustrative point. How you, how you feel as an American. So most of the people who listen to this podcast are American. So I'm, I'll bring it out of that. But there, there are lots of different countries that are, that are dealing with this idea of, of immigrants, uh, both legal and, and illegal, who are coming to the country. And so how you feel about immigrants um, is, is shaped and um, has to be shaped by how you think about God, what you think God is, who you think God is, how you think God works. So, for example, when, um, when, you, when you think about God and you think about who he is, um, in general, uh, most people would say that God is, especially in um, evangelical circles, which is most of the people who listen to this podcast, um, probably middle class, um, probably uh, or middle class or better, um, when you think about um, God, you think that in general, God has a good plan for you, which includes financial and health, financial safety and health, and, and if not wealth, at least comfort. Uh, and and that's, that is the plan that you believe 
um, because you understand that God is a good God. Uh, you know, that's your thought about God. You believe that about God, that God wants good things for you. And and then when you say, okay, God wants good things for you, then you think about what is it that means, what what is good? Uh, and, and when you think about good, a lot of times we, we, we pull back into our own humanness and we're thinking, what is good? What is good? Good means safety. Good means control. Good means comfort. Good means uh, lack of fear, lack of worry. And so when we say, oh, God has good things for me, what we mean is that, that he is currently working or constantly working so that I have a, a, a life that is good. Um, and we, we, it's almost like just this underpinning that we have uh, in our culture. Uh, and it's, it's we're very uncomfortable um, a lot of the times dealing with this, the realities when people have um, life that doesn't match up with that kind of thought about God. Um, God wants me, God wants good things for me. And so in my life, he will bring, even if I have hard things that I have to go through, it's because God's going to bring the good things on the other side. Uh, and, and not only that, but, but there's going to be some kind of moral, um, lesson that's learned or gained that God will turn into a good later on. And so we would, so we, we, we wrap up that language when we're saying that, Hey, everything God, God wants good for me. Everything that happens to me leads to my good. Um, and so, um, if, even if I have something bad happen to me, God's going to redeem that. It's going to be something good. I'm going to see that down the road. Um, and, and that's, that is a, uh, worldview. It is, it's, it's one that, like I say, a lot of, uh, evangelicals have, um, uh, conservatives, um, sp- particularly, but, but not necessarily just conservatives. So, um, the way we think about that is that God loves me and my people, my family, my church, um, he intends good for that. Um, but, but we, it becomes harder the further we extend that reach, that circle that says God has God intends good, um, and and one of the ways we do that is by beginning to question whether people actually believe in God. So um, again, not this. I, who knew this year was going to be super political? But we're going to break out with that. Um, why not? Um, um, if, for example. Um, I don't personally know President Biden. Uh, I've read some things about him. Um, I know that he is a practicing Catholic. And then, and just saying that, some evangelicals have already started to begin to say, oh, uh, I don't know about that because Catholicism has um, some questions that uh, evangelicals, conservatives ask about and wonder about. Um, I'm just going to be straight with you to say that I believe that those who, I believe there are, are um, Christians in the Catholic Church uh, because they follow Jesus. And, and that's like, what does it mean to be a follower of Jesus? That, that's, all, that's what it is. So, so if you're in the Catholic Church and you follow Jesus, then, then you're a Christian. If you're in the Baptist Church, you follow Jesus, you're a Christian. You're in the, the Church of Christ or the Christian Church, you follow Jesus, you're a Christian. If you're in any of those places, but you don't follow Jesus, you're not a Christian. Um, and so, um, so the president, as far as I know, is a practicing Catholic, and as far as he has attested, um, is someone who prays and follows Jesus. 
Um, now, you may not like him. You may not like his political views. You may not like um, th- his party. You may not agree with his political stance. You may not agree with his policies. All that, I, that I won't argue with on that. I'm not, I'm not arguing for him. But what we do when we, when we draw that line, that circle around that says the people, um, only the people who follow Jesus exactly like I do are the people that God likes. And when we, when we do that and we, and we don't even um, really expressly say that, but we, we, we implicitly put it in our culture. We just assume it. We, we begin to, and, and then we begin to um, kind of create this. And this is what groups do. So it's, it's, it's not, it's not out, outside the realm of what happens, but this is what groups do. Groups create the, you or you're like me, so we like the same things, and we have the same enemies, or we, we don't like the same people. Uh, and, and so... Um, we become very, um, and, and anything that um, doesn't fit within that, our worldviews or our views of God or our views about who people um, begins to, to threaten those. And so we either have to adapt, which is very hard, change is hard, and, and adjustments, are, adjustments are hard. And so that's obviously the less um, preferable thing for most people. Most people don't want to adapt. And so instead what they do is they assume are they are they um, label then people who are different as not uh, at least at, at, at best they say that it's questionable uh, their faith is questionable their their relationship with Jesus is questionable um, and and to be to be fair the only the only people that I can really attest that that I like I know about their relationship with Jesus is people I've talked to about that with. I, I wouldn't even go down that path to say the people that I've attended church with or the people who claim to be affiliated with the same churches or the same movements I have, I, I wouldn't even claim them. Um, I, what I would say is that I would generally say that those who have an honest searching heart for to, after Jesus, I'm going to say that, that they are going to follow their followers of Jesus. If they are honestly doing that, if they're doing that earnestly, if they're trying to do the best they can to find and follow Jesus, then I'm then I'm going to, regardless of whatever religious baggage or whatever um, theological baggage they bring, I'm going to accept that. Um, so that that's that's just because I because that's but that's how I think about God. And again, so we're still we're in this line. So if you think that you are in this special group. Um, that God, God wants good for you. Um, and as you see the rest of the world, you notice um, that you're okay. M- maybe you're not like, um, you're not wishful. You don't think, you're, you're not like, oh, it's, I wish bad things would happen to people. But you become more okay. You become more resilient to say, well, if bad things are happening to people, it's probably their own fault. Um, if they could get into the good group like mine, uh, the group that God's lo- God loves, then then they wouldn't have these issues. And and one of the thing, one of the so we'll get back to immigrants in a moment, but uh, and but they kind of fit into this group because what we then do is we are like, well, um, people who are um, stuck in cycles of poverty, um, they've done this to themselves. If they just 
worked a little bit harder or tried a little bit harder or were better people, they wouldn't be stuck in these cycles apart. They would be, they would, they would, they would spend their money in wise ways. They would be, um, in, in really it's just their own fault. Um, and, um, so because again, because our, when, when we, when we shrink God down to God is for a small select number of people and and those people are the people who believe like I believe and so when we operate that way even if we don't explicitly say that even if it's just implicitly built built in our culture then what we do is we find reasons why um, we don't have to love other people we find reasons why we don't have to expand our um, understanding and 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 the reason we do that is because our brains are constantly trying to um, take information and file it and sort it and into a way that cognitively makes sense. Like it, our brains are constantly always trying to make sense of the world. And, and so when we, when we do that, we have to assign values and we have to assign understanding. And, and so um, one of the things our brains do is that we fill in, it actually fills in the pieces and and so it becomes very important then that we that we really 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 think about what it is that we believe about God and who God is and what God wants with this world. Um, and when we don't, then then we we tend to um, definitely fall into these uh, smaller boxes for God. God is small um, because He is really just about me. Uh, and he cares for me, and because I'm a good person, or because I've found the right way to to worship him, or uh, talk about him, or the right scriptures, or the right theology, God is for me, uh, and everybody else, I'm at least suspicious. I'm at least suspect of everyone else that's out there. And and so what happens then is that we we paint people um, with broad strokes. And and one of the, and and we begin to just think that and and especially because um, in America uh, we we because we equate um, God's favor with phys- with physical health and um, with with uh, with with wealth with success with with business with hard work with um, getting getting your ducks in a row and getting an education and doing all those things because we, we equate God being in favor of those things and God finding favor if you do those things, um, we begin to paint these pictures of people. Um, people who are poor are poor because um, they're lazy. Uh, they, they make bad decisions with their money. They... Um, they, you know, they're they're all drug addicts. They are addicted to alcohol, um, and 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 so we basically um, in our in our with our ability to how we think about people is that we're like we don't have to love those people because they're not the kind of people that God loves because God loves the people like me, and um, this becomes. Super evident, I think, um, when we think about the way that we've dealt with immigration um, in our in our uh, country, and um, the fact that we've made it um, sadly a very political issue. Um, and and again, I'm very apolitical about solutions here because I don't think that either 
the Democrats or the Republicans actually have a solution or want a solution. Um, both of them love using it as a tool to say, look how bad the other side is doing without ever really having a solution. And, and basically, um, they, they come up with solutions that they're like, hey, this is the solution, this is what we're going to do, that they know that the other side will never accept. And so they would go, oh, we came up with a solution, and, and, but it's just we can't, you know, the other side won't let us do it. Uh, and, and whether those solutions are good or not, we'll never know. We, we won't test them because um, they are poison pills. They are simply uh, ideas that are put forward um, so that they can say they did something, they came up with something, and blame the other side. Um, it's, 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 it's political theater. Um, and, um, and, and part of that, I think, is because we don't see people anymore. Uh, we don't see people. Um, we see dollars. Uh, political political people want to stay in office because that's where they make their money. Um, that's where um, they have power, uh, and so they don't they don't see like the the hurt. They don't see the desperation, um, and 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 what's um, what's heartbreaking, I think, in that is that. Uh, We've allowed that same mindset to kind of break into uh, our own our own lives, and and so I, I do think that it's hard again because I don't have any solutions, and I'm I'm just now starting the journey of trying to think through like what should I do, like what can I do as a um, decently taken care of. I'm not you know wealthy by any means, but I get to pay, I pay my bills, and what can I do? because of this crisis. What, I mean, people who are so desperate, so desperate to escape their life they live, they come to a place that they're not certain. Um, they're, they want a better life for their kids. They, they, um, they're desperate. They, they're facing these um, long walks. They're, they're facing hostile um uh, environments and, and also just this uncertainty that even if they get here, that it'll work out better, that, that, you know, something's driving them that desire, um, to be in a better place. And, and we've allowed, um, the caricature to, to create, um, oh, well, these, you know, everybody coming as a, they're, they're these illegals, they're, they're here to break, break the law, they're gonna, you know, they're gang members, they're terrorists, they're troublemakers. Um, but there's so, so many of them, and some of them are just kids. Um, like, if you were to stop um, and just ask yourself, how does, how does God see these people? How, how does Jesus see these people that are making these these long marches, and and then how should I? I I don't know the proper government response. Um, I wish I did. 
But I do know that it's important that we get right in our heads who God is and how he thinks so that we can become like him, so that we can follow him, because it should shape how we do all of life. And, and for, for as, as, as complex and difficult as, you know, this, uh, the crisis is the, with, with, with migrants and illegal immigration and legal immigration and um, all the things um, that, that, that's, that's happening, people getting put on buses, being bused to places, people being used as political tools, uh, which is shameful, um, should break our hearts. People scoring political points with people's lives. How does God think about these people? What does he think? How does, how does Jesus feel about these people? And, and because I love Jesus, then, then how should I feel? I think that's the I think that's the reason that Paul says that we ought to think on things that are true and noble and beautiful and right and things that that are that are good is because our brains are constantly trying to sort the world into categories and and when we when we don't focus and concentrate and spend that time sorting then things get out of whack and um, when we allow things to get out of whack then we we tend as people to begin to modify the way we think God feels about the world what God would do what God's calling us to do It's hard for us to imagine loving our enemies. It's hard for us to imagine this idea that God would see the people who would hate his son so much that they would kill them, that God would look down and say, I love those people. Ah, they don't know what they're doing. And that he would ask that we have a same kind of heart. It's important that we seek God's heart, that we be like David, that we would be people who are after God's heart. Because we have a tendency to take our hearts the things we like, the things we want, the things we love, and just say, God's just like me. God loves the things I love, and he hates the people I hate. And yet Jesus came, and he flipped that on its head. He turned it upside down. He turned the world upside down, and he said, love your enemy. 
It's easy to love the ones that love you. It's easy to love the people that, that are nice to you. It's easy to, to love the people that, that are for you and give you good gifts. And, and he says, but you, you love your enemies because God loves them. Because God wants to see them brought to salvation. Because God wants good for them. And and that's, I think, so hard for us because we don't. Most of the time, we don't even care. Our lives are so busy, so full, so so missing, so so messy that we don't have the extra time or energy for loving others like God loved us. And yet God continually calls us back to that. Love others because I first loved you. See, it's important what we believe about how God thinks. It's important that in our brains we put together and continue to, to evaluate the way that we think because the way that we think becomes the things that we say, the things that we feel, and the things that we do. How is your thinking? The challenge this week for me, for you, if you want to join me in that, is to challenge how you think. To ask God to search you, just like David did. God, search me and know me, and then God, point out the ways where I'm wrong in my thinking. When I don't think like you, God, when I, when instead I, 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 I allow myself to become the most important thing in this universe, that I allow my heart to be hardened, that I allow my mind to be turned off and turned away, God, help me, search me, know me, and then point out where I mess the mark. When I miss your standard, God, when I don't love like you love, when I don't love like you've called your followers to love, God, you have to, God, show me. We're moving ever further, chasing a new year. And this year is a political year. There'll be an election. There'll be so much, so much that's going to go on. My desire and my desire for you, uh, anybody that listens, take the time to re-center yourself, reevaluate yourself so that you align with the with God and and love the people that God loves so that you may hear what God has to say about those people and and then take it one step at a time you know I don't know what to do uh, about the mi- migrant crisis uh, the illegal, illegal immigration I I've thought about it I've thought about not even talking about it because I don't know what to do but I, but I think God is doing things and I want to be a part of that. And so, but, but here's the thing, I, I may not be able to do 
be um, active in people's lives that are going through that. But I live in a city where people are hurting and needy and they need to hear about God. And so the prayer then is, God, show me how and who and where and what. God, how do I serve you? How do I, how do I live your heart out right here where I am? How do I, how do I not just talk about the things that, that are big picture and way out there and so I can talk about them and I can, I can tisk my tongue and I can, I can think, oh, things are so bad. How do, I, how do I find the ways that, God, you're at work, that you, want, that you have me here for specifically for this reason? And that's the challenge, right? Wherever you are, whoever you are, if you're a follower of God, God has things, plans, work, good work for you. And it's, it's our job to step into that. It's our job to find that. And that's the prayer. 2024, God, how is it that you're calling me to serve you right here, right now, in this place, in this world? Maybe it is to go out, to serve somewhere, to, serve, to find whatever it is. That's the goal. That's the hope. So that's my hope for you. If you're listening, wherever you might be, that God would, would, would just light a fire in your heart to seek how he thinks about the world, how he sees the world, how his heart loves the world, that it would become your thoughts, it would become your heart, and then, and then God would reveal the places where you could serve and work and encourage and be a part and, and bring good wherever you might be. That, that you would find energy, time, resources to bring good because you've been correcting your thinking, what you think about, and getting closer and closer to the way Jesus and God think and how they see things and what they would do and what they're calling us to do now. It's a lot of prayer. It's a lot of it's just spending time with Jesus. But that's my prayer. This this uh, first season two episode, little political, pretty apolitical. But yeah, what is it that God's calling you to do? And and if you don't know, then just start asking. You know, God is a good God. This the book of James says this. It says if you lack wisdom, ask for it. If, and if you lack anything, ask for it. If you don't know what it is God wants to do with your life and use you, ask and listen and be open to receive. Because God isn't a, it wants to be in that, relate, that type of relationship with you where he wants to speak into your life. So ask and allow him to speak. Welcome to the new year. I hope that you have a wonderful week. Um, hope that... Uh, you, you'll find this encouraging and challenging uh, and continue to listen uh, as we uh, walk, continue to walk down this journey, uh, as I continue to try to, f- to find what it is that, that God's saying each week. Um, I hope that it's a blessing to you, uh, and I hope that it challenges you to seek God more. God bless. <laughs>